Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am once again honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. The Business Creators Radio Show takes you into the field, to those places where you have those aha moments and mastermind conversations. And hang on to the phrase aha moments. Uh, that's uh, that's going to be very key here. Uh, we are going to show you what it feels like to be in those places, whether it's at an outdoor cafe or a cigar shop or a coffee shop or sitting out on your balcony, like I'm doing right now in beautiful Las Vegas, known to some as the hottest city in America. And today we have somebody with us who was previously on the Business Creators Radio Show, and he is actually one of my favorite guests of all time. And when I heard that he wanted to come back with some fresh information, I got all excited, especially when I found out what he wants to share with us. His name is Mitchell Levy. He's a name you've probably seen around. He's been a leader in his industry for many, many, many years. And last time he was here, we were talking about aha that and think aha. And it was all about the aha. And what we were going to be discussing today is credibility, how to be a credible thought leader and entrepreneur. So let me tell you a little bit about what's going on here. For humans who want to be seen credible, Mitchell Levy has the go-to community to learn and grow your credibility with the right people on a similar journey. So picture yourself coming to a place where you can immediately trust, know, and like those around you, where you can be safe in an environment where others want to support you. That's Credibility Nation. Global credibility expert Mitchell has interviewed 500 thought leaders on credibility. And before we introduce him formally, I just want to share some of his findings. 98% didn't have the clarity to succinctly articulate their purpose. 80% were great in person, but had a crappy online presence. 23% showed disrespect by coming late to the interview. So after seeing these shocking results, Mitchell decided to do something about it. And that's why his Credibility Nation supports business professionals in becoming more believable, more memorable, more shareable, more in alignment, more in integrity, and more credible. And I love the more, 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 more. I'm a fan of alliteration. I'm a fan of repetition. I'm a fan of lyrical alignment. And with that, let's bring him on. Mitchell Levy, welcome back. Always great to see you. It's weather's fine. Come on in. <laughs> Adam, it's great to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And, and what a nice intro. I really appreciate you. You know, uh, I appreciate you too. And, you know, I am not sure I'm worthy to be here. And this is my show, uh, just in light of all the all the accomplishment that you've had and remembering our conversation from about four or five years ago. 
So before we dive in, and you gave us some discussion points in the green room that I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just ready to dive right into. But first, what I want to do is I want to pull back the curtain. And since we have a lot of new listeners since last time, just with the passage of time and and uh, the and the attrition and the rotation, tell us a bit about something in your journey that's brought you to where you are, serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Oh, that's a. I I, I would say it's it's a very interesting question, and and I would say it's that Napoleon Hill journey that I went on between 2019 and 2020. And so I'm going to put a stake in the ground for that. And, and we'll say prior to that, you know, I've been in Silicon Valley for 35 years, been happily married for 33. Um, we would, uh, I've taken a month off every year. And my wife and I have rented a house in Europe um, where uh-huh. we've invited friends and family to come join us. And I'm happy to say the month of October, I was in uh, France for the month, and I'm very happy to be back. Um, and I'm very happy to have enjoyed October. We had not gone on that holiday. Um, last time we went was 2019 because of COVID. And yeah, so yeah. coming back on it was great. You know, I've sat on the board of a NASDAQ firm for nine years. I've created four executive business programs for Silicon Valley universities. I've run four CEO networking groups um, for a decade. I, as a publisher, you remember, I, I published over 750 books. I've written 60, actually technically 65. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and then what happens is life changes, right? Always. And as life changes, what happens if you're an entrepreneur is, well, what's next? I mean, some people are lucky enough to ride their initial excitement into, into the far regions. Uh, that's not me. I do something that has a lifespan and then I go and move to the next. And in 2019, I, I, I literally, I woke up one morning and I had a Napoleon Hill vision. It's simply, Hey Mitchell, credibility is important to you and you want to write a book. So why don't you interview 500 thought leaders? And, and so, so from that stage, Adam, imagine, you know, you're, you're in my team. And so I remembered my first management team meeting because at the time we, you know, we had a lot of books going on and we're like, all right, guys, we're going to continue doing all the work we're doing. And we're going to interview 500 people over the next year. Like, like the, like the, 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 the looks (laughs) on my team's face, I'm like, Okay. Okay. One of the things I do well is build systems. So I, all right, guys, listen, I'm not just going to throw it over the fence. Why don't we do the first five interviews or maybe 10 interviews, and then we'll put a process in place. They felt more comfortable with that. So I think the first month I did three interviews and, and the, the truth is I knew how to structure my undergrad is in stochastic and deterministic models of operational research which basically how do you model people and systems and improve them. So I, I understood how to set up, set up the research. I didn't actually know what I was, what was going to be asking for, or, or more importantly, I wasn't sure what I was going to be measuring and what, and you read the statistics of what I was measuring in those first five or 10 interviews, it turned out that people came late to the interviews. People came unprepared. To the interviews. What I would do, Adam, is when somebody signed up, I'd send them a 16-minute video on how to prepare. 
Yeah. Because ultimately what I'd like to be able to do when I talk to somebody is, is ultimately in their credibility is I want people to be trusted, known, and liked and be able to see somebody in minutes. So the, the actual interview itself uh, is five questions of five minutes. Now, it didn't start that way. And what would happen is people would come and they just weren't prepared. Or my first question is, what is your, in essence, it's your purpose, but the way I'd ask it is, what is your customer point of possibilities? What is your CPOP? And right. that's where you mentioned that, but 98%. Now, I didn't actually interview just average folks off the street. I interviewed thought leaders. 98% could not interview or could not answer the question, what is your CPOP? And so I'm going to fast forward to the end so you could start asking questions. So what happened is I those numbers pretty much stuck. I figured out what I was going to be asking for. Uh, one thing that came up that I didn't realize to so about somewhere between 30 to 40 is male or female, just to see if the numbers were different. Uh, and they were. Um, females are, are uh, much more uh, apt to prep ahead of time. <laughs> to show the respect yep. of, of coming prep for the meeting. the What happened is about 95% of the way through the interviews, this was somewhere around July, August of 2020, I had my epiphany, my aha, my massive aha moment. And, and what I realized, so first, remember, I was doing the interviews because I wanted to do a book and, you know, hey, have credibility that I'm a credibility expert. And and uh, what I realized is I could train other people on how they can help their peers to help their clients understand how they can articulate their CPOP. If I could easily train somebody else to understand what their, what their purpose is and how to help others do it, that means that we were not taught successfully, right? It, it's a pretty easy learn. And if we haven't been taught successfully of how to articulate our purpose in 10, 10 words or less, then what else have we not been taught? And that's where I, I sort of woke up and said, you know, we need to be more credible. If you look at the world today, it's not as exciting as it needs to be. There's, I call the opposite of credible dubious. There are more people in the world that are dubious than credible. And and I see the, the world spiraling in a negative direction. So my massive aha moment was, hey, let's tip the scale. Let's tip the scale between those in the world that are credible and dubious. And, and that's the path that I've been on um, since, uh, since basically I, uh, October of 2020, we did a summit. We had over 800 people. Um, in January, I, I shot a, my, a TEDx. Uh, came out in May. It was the 28th most popular in 2021, it's now got close to a half million views. Um, I've got a book. I've got a master, uh, a mastermind, a, a uh, membership community called Credibility Nation, and and I'm deploying and learning every day on what is credible and how can we be more credible. Okay, that is amazing. And you know, I've seen bits and pieces of what you've been doing because you and I are connected on at least two social media platforms. I see you on Facebook and I see you on LinkedIn all the time. So I saw when you were in France recently and I was uh, sort of traveling vicariously through you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to tell you what's really fascinating and this is for 
because you never I don't know if you actually were liking or commenting. I don't remember directly. I probably so, I probably dropped you a few likes here and there. You might have been like I, I, I throw I, you a little I throw you a little algorithmic love now and then just to say hi. Oh, and I appreciate that. But and don't be mad at me. I didn't actually remember you doing a like. It's okay. So, so what I'll say is I'm going to f- put you in, in the category of lurker. Lurker is yeah. not necessarily a bad thing. My wife's a lurker, right? She'll, uh-huh. she'll like, but she'll never comment, right? Yeah. And and so what's fascinating is you and I have met each other. We obviously have respect for each other. Yep. And although I wasn't necessarily talking to you, you were living vicariously through me. And so for those people who are wondering the still the benefits and value of being on social media, the benefits and value is having an audience pay attention to you even when you don't know they are. Yep. You know, I, I point this out, and for some reason this is occurring to me that I should bring this up. I'm not sure how relevant it is, but, you know, I'm in online marketing. You've been in online marketing for a long time as well. We both have mailing lists, and we hear from folks every once in a while who make a really big deal about the fact that they're unsubscribing for our list and they have all these reasons why. And I have seen marketers over the years, and I've actually coached with some of them to get them past this, that'll get paralyzed by somebody leaving a nasty message when they unsubscribe. And, or you'll get somebody out of the blue that decides to just critique and condemn your website, your offer, what have you, and just, and just, come out of the blue and their first introduction of themselves to you is to criticize you and blast you. But meanwhile, you want to, all that stuff draws your attention and you may feel that you need to spend a lot of time responding to it. But in the meantime, there are other statistics that show that for those people who are actually going to become your customers and are going to give you money in exchange for the value you provide, they're more likely to be watching you quietly for a while. They may then start showing up by appearing more on your threads, giving you more likes, more comments, uh, building social status with you. And it's a gradual process with them. They're not going to go straight to talking business. They're going to start by just sort of, as you said, lurking and maybe grazing a little bit. And, you know, I've you know coached people on this where – they would be all beside themselves like uh, so-and-so didn't like my sales letter. What am I going to do? Do we need to review all of our processes? Do we need to have uh, an auditor come in and go through all of our copy? And uh, I recall this one time with one client, uh, it was a week later. And this was somebody who had criticized her because of the way she positioned her offer on her, on her website. And, uh, and I was speaking with her one-on-one, uh, you know, the client, and she said, well, you know, and I was wondering if, uh, you know, Maybe we should give so and so the person who uh, who blasted her. Maybe we should give her a discount. And I uh, and I said, you know, we took care of that person last week. And the client said, Oh, you did? Uh, did 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 you apologize? Uh, what did she say? I said, We blocked her from all your social media and made sure she was off your mailing list. She's not going to be a problem for you anymore. But in the meantime, we have these sixteen slots to fill. Let's fill them. Love it. Actually. It's so funny because that's exactly what I was going to say. You can't, you can't please all people all the time. Yeah. Sometimes people have a chip on their shoulder that yeah, 
That's what this was. The person was just yeah. real, real nasty about it. I mean, this is not somebody you reason with because sometimes somebody shows up and they give helpful comments. They could become a great customer. But uh, somebody just leads by blasting you and attacking your credibility. And since we're going to be talking about credibility, I think that's relevant. Well, really? Yeah, I, I'm with you, Adam. Uh, yeah, now, good story. No, by now, the way, just so you know, you, you said, hey, I don't know if this is relevant. That's the credibility is the quality in which you're trusted, known, and liked. Yeah. Now, to answer that question directly, you can't be liked by everybody. Uh-huh. And you're going to offend if you're doing something really cool. If you don't offend anybody, there's a problem. So you're going to be offending people. Now, if it turns out to be the spouse of your largest client, well, then you need to pay attention. That's bad. <laughs> if it turns out to be somebody that is um, who is just randomly trying to prove their worth by putting you down, I'm going to say that's a very dubious behavior. And one of the, it, depending on the, the infraction, one of the opportunities you have is just to ban them from life. Right. And the way, and the way I look at that is what I'm actually doing is I'm setting them free. Because obviously, if that's how they feel about me, then there's, a misal- maybe there's some sort of value misalignment. There's some sort of energetic misalignment. So the sooner we cut that circle, the more they're free to find what aligns with them, what resonates with them. And Dude, that, that will move so them cool. in, and that will move them in a positive place. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's got to be a song that I could play setting people free, but yeah, I love that. Okay. Absolutely. absolutely. I'm going to use that, Adam. I'm going to use that and quote you. I love it. Thank uh, you. Just mention my name and I will, and I will definitely love and comment that one. So. Well, dude, that is, you mentioned cred, that is cred dust. Uh-huh. Well, oh, oh, let's speak about that because you have these two terms, cred dust and cred crud. I'm just going to let you explain what those mean. Well, I got more too, by the way. And, and, uh, and, and I've got a whole dictionary of terms. Yeah. Um, cred dust is one of those things. I think, do you know, David Meerman, Scott, is that a name that, you know, I've heard it, but I'm not, it's not really resonating with me right now. In it's terms so of interesting. Who that he, is. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it, it's one of those things that in some circles, everyone knows him sort of like Marshall Goldsmith, some circles, yeah. everyone knows him other circles. They don't. Um, David's one of those guys who speaks often at Tony Robbins. He's one of those guys who gets two hours in on Tony's stage. He's well known. He's he's the a guy who has created a number of terms in his life in his life, and uh, and so I said I said, how do I actually get this credibility stuff out? I was in a green room. He's one of the guys I interviewed. And how do I get this credibility stuff out? He goes, Mitchell, invent a word, and and I immediately said, cred crud. And he goes, hey, by the way, Mitchell, that's okay. You could, uh, you know, it took me six months to 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 do some of the things I did. You could take a little longer. And I said, no, I just didn't know if it was one D or two. And cred, cred dust, sorry, cred dust, cred dust is the magic that happens when you, when you actually share somebody else's ideas, thoughts, and actions. And and it's what I saw people doing. It is, you know, for the people who are super successful. You know, in the old days, they used to say, hey, I stand on top of the world. I'm the most important thing. Nobody else is better than me. 
that, that's somebody who's dubious. That's not somebody who's credible. Somebody who's credible is doing things like, you know, I was on, I was on the radio with Adam Homie, and he said, and next time I actually cut somebody free for life, or when I had this conversation, you know, Adam Homie, I was on his radio show, and he said, you know what? You are actually setting them free by banning them for life. Because there's something about that energetic relationship that doesn't work. So that to me is 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 cred dust. It's sharing somebody else's ideas, thoughts, and actions, and that's what many of the thought leaders who have been successful was doing were doing. And I think my second word was cred crud. Yes. So cred crud is things that you do that slightly hurt your credibility. So you mentioned something that was a, a major infraction. If somebody actually, first time they meet you, they're just trashing you like there's no tomorrow. You know, that may be somebody you never want to build a relationship with. Right. On, on the other hand, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm a book publisher, right? So, and so as a book publisher, we, you know, we've published over 750 books. I am always looking for partnerships, either partnerships with, with ghostwriters, partnership with other publishers, partnership with marketing people. And, and I, and, and occasionally I have publishers come to me doing the same thing. And what was really interesting is when a book publisher says to me, Hey, let's partner. And I look at their site and they don't have a good use of the copyright symbol and the copyright approach at the bottom of their webpage, that to me is what I call cred crud. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're a bad publisher, but it means that they're not taking care of themselves and they can't take care of themselves. Why would they take care of me? And you've often heard people say, well, the cobbler's kids. No, that doesn't work anymore. Right? No, it, no, it yeah. doesn't. No, it doesn't. Uh, when I first, my first entrepreneurial venture, when I went full time with it, is I found myself pulled into web development. And I was that guy who didn't have any of his own websites because I was so busy doing it for other people. That carried me for maybe two or three years. But then the questions really started to arise. It's like, and somebody even said this to me, it's like, yeah, we, we could have understood if you were six months into it, you got so busy so fast, cobbler's kids and all that. But it's now three years. By now, you should have been able to pay somebody to do it for you. Exactly. So let's 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 continue with uh, bashing other publishers. They have spelling mistakes. Uh-huh. Let's talk about you know if if you if you're looking at somebody's LinkedIn profile and they have a picture that is ten years old or fifteen years old or they've gained a lot of weight or lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Or or you look at LinkedIn and Facebook and the web pages or the the sites look different. One thing's shared on one site, another another thing's shared on the other. What I'm going to say, all of that is cred crud. And cred crud is in and of itself, anyone in fraction of credibility is not necessarily bad. But the best thing I could relate it to is when you go to the dentist. Um, When you go to the dentist and you have plaque on your teeth, you're not guaranteed a cavity. The more plaque you have on your teeth, the better chance of the cavity, the more cred crud you have in your asynchronous presence, the better chance you have of being looked at as dubious, as not credible, and people won't even reach out to you. Yeah, I think that's, I, I'm totally with that. So actually, uh, let's jump out here a little bit because you mentioned uh, LinkedIn profiles and uh, you know, you've interviewed 500 uh, 
leaders, but you've also looked at 100,000 LinkedIn profiles. So you, and I remember this from years ago, you are a very detail-oriented guy and you love scientific approaches. You love analytics from what I remember. So I know that you weren't just glancing at these. You were looking for something. So having looked at all those profiles, what are some of the traits of LinkedIn profiles that make a person appear more credible? Mm. Well, let's let's start. Let's let's even give that a little bit more uh, context. Every day, you get, I get, we all get people who want to connect to us on LinkedIn, right? And yeah. So the question is, and if we don't know them, and you know, and and many times we don't know who they are. The question is, do we want to get to know them, right? And and so for me, they have to. I've got to. First decision, are they real or are they Memorex? Is it real or is it a fake account, right? Yeah. Um, but let's assume I decided to, it's a real account. What am I looking for? I'm looking for somebody who it's really clear that I know who they are and what they do, right? So so first way I could say it is, is if I initially look at a LinkedIn profile, there's somewhere between three to five seconds for me to get that first impression of whether or not I'm going away or not. Yeah. So if there's not a picture of you on your LinkedIn profile, we will not connect, right? right. A lot of times, one of the things that LinkedIn does is you have the ability, your, your banner, your background information on the homepage, okay. you, you can use the LinkedIn default, which is kind of ugly, or you can actually add something there. Um, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't necessarily not connect to somebody if, if they're using the LinkedIn background, but it does say something because it may be a prospect for one of the things that we do together. Um, but what happens is something that reinforces credibility to me is I'm going to look in the background and I'm going to see whether or not they, they've a, updated themselves and they've updated with something of value. To me, a value is, is looking at this concept I mentioned called a CPOP, looking at who they serve. Your CPOP, Customer Point of Possibilities, yes. represents who you serve and either what pain point you're, you're working against or what pleasure point you're helping to deliver. And so when, when I look at the, the background, do they have their CPOP in there? Do I understand who they are and how they serve? In, when I look at their tagline or their description of themselves, is do they make it clear or are they doing something like just listing the jobs? Because LinkedIn is not your resume. No. LinkedIn is the search engine optimized opportunity for people to find you if there's a service you provide that that your prospects are looking for, right? And uh-huh. so at first, that in that first couple of seconds, it's it's their picture, it's the background image, it is um, their sort of their tagline, the LinkedIn summary of who they are and what they do. Now, let's say I like that. And I am very interested in, in learning a little bit more or, or the best way to say it is credibility is the quality in which you're trusted, known and liked. So in that first three to five seconds, they're building enough trust that I know what they do and I believe they can do what they say or they're building at least enough trust that I want to spend another 30 to 60 seconds to get to know them better. 
right? So if I want to get to know them better, then what I do next, this is really crazy. I scroll to the bottom of the page and I look at um, how many skills, what skills they've listed. I, I actually, you know, typically LinkedIn allows for three skills to be listed. Yep. I want those skills to, to reinforce their CPOP. Um, I look at endorsements received and endorsements given. And, you know, if there are no endorsements received or given and, and or they're, they're spurious stuff, I look at it as a fake account. I don't connect. Where, yeah. where is, you know, Adam, here's the cool thing. You know this. But if you really are interested in impressing somebody and they've, they actually have given 10 plus endorsements, Read the endorsements that they've given because the language they use in sharing the endorsements is the language they like to hear. It's their love language. Yes. Right. And so so I, I then look at the bottom. Right. I, I basically am reinforcing, hey, does this does this person really have street creds? Right. Do they have endorsements? Do they have do they have recommendations. Right. And then and then after that, if I'm still interested and want to spend another 30 seconds, I just look at some of the jobs. You know, what do they do? What do they say they do? How do they serve? Is this something that'd be interesting? Would I want to have a conversation with this person? Right. Because I'm yeah. I'm a big fan of I I don't know if somebody wants to connect to me and they're legitimate, they feel like they're credible or they have serve they're a servant leader in some way. I'd like to connect to them. And, uh -huh. and at some point in time, I'm happy to have that conversation. And it's it's relatively easy to have that first half hour conversation. It's harder to have the next one. It we is. have to be of value to each other to to make sure that it's worthwhile to have the next one. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, you're very active on social media, and I imagine you get friend requests on Facebook, uh, connection requests on LinkedIn followers on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, if you're on TikTok, I'm not sure if you're there. I'm not, but I, you might be. I don't know. But uh, just the fact is you, you probably get a lot of people reaching out to you. And for things like LinkedIn and Facebook, where you have to approve the connection, uh, I'm not sure what your process is, but uh, you probably gave us like a broad overview of what you decide is a worthy connection. And uh, I imagine there are a number of cases where you'll say, go ahead and accept because they seem like they align with that stuff even though you don't really know them yet. So you're thinking, oh, cool, I made another connection. 10 seconds later, your DM box lights up and they've copy-pasted you basically a me, 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 me post about themselves. And then, hey, want to hop on a Zoom real quick and compare synergies? How does that make you feel? <laughs> what a great question. Love that question, by the way. And... Uh, to answer your your, I am recently a new convert to TikTok. Um, I've got the I've got the TikTok handle the Mitchell Levy, and I'm doing it simply because it's forcing me and encouraging my team to force me to do one minute videos. And so yeah. I, you know I've got a little over twenty videos that are basically one minute long, focused on credibility, and it's it's. I normally uh, speak a little bit longer than in one minute. So that's the reason I'm doing that. And now the cool part, I've got these one minute videos that then can be used as Facebook shorts, you know, um, yeah, Instagram shorts. I mean, they get, get to be used in a number of different places. YouTube. Organic, organic content multipurposing is yeah. the answer to all of our prayers. Okay. So your question, Mitchell, what happens when you connect to somebody and the first thing they do 
is they spam with themselves. Yeah. Well, so first of all, a lot of this stuff is automated. Technically, it's not supposed to be, but a lot of the stuff is automated. And right. sometimes people people spam and or are dubious because they just don't know better. Right. If let's say uh -huh. they hired somebody to help them along and, this, and they say, OK, you got to you got to tell people who you are and what you do and, and how they how you show up and why you're important. Right. And and so they may buy into the BS. Right. I I for a long time that bothered me a little bit, Adam, but now it doesn't bother me. Once I realized that it's possible they're acting in a dubious way because they don't know better. I just ignore it. If somebody's talking about me, hey, hey, let me tell you about how important I am and how I could help you, and let's book time on my calendar. I just ignore it. I there's no reason for me to self-correct. Now, if at some point in time we actually have a real conversation and they say, like for instance, when I look at somebody's LinkedIn profile and it says we help, and I got now that I have coach. I I, I now do executive coaching because I was um, at the end of last year. Marshall Goldsmith had had asked me to join the the 100 Coaches organization. Yeah. So one of the things I do is executive coaching. So as soon as I put that up there, I got all of these, these people who help, quote unquote, coaches be more successful, right? Uh -huh. So if I look at somebody's LinkedIn profile and it says, we help profile uh, coaches uh, fill their pipeline and make more money and blah, 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 blah. So even if it's that type of person, I'll I'll accept them if it seems like they're legitimate in terms of the stuff that they do. Now, at some point in time, I, I've got one coming up this week. I typically do at least one or two a week. I don't mind talking to people like this. Okay. Now, Adam, this is where it gets interesting. When I say I don't mind, it's because when we actually have a conversation, I want to find a human. Yeah. If I have a conversation, um, I'll give you an example. Uh, and and I'll, I'll, let me come back to an interesting example. But if I have a conversation where they're all about them, that doesn't go very good for very long for them, at least. Yeah. Right. Because I talk about credibility. I've talked about what's important. I talk about having a fair and equal exchange. When you first meet somebody, you know, each, each of you should be sharing and exchanging, you know, 50 percent of the time. Right. And and so it's interesting. There was somebody I talked to last week. And the last time I talked to him was two years ago. And I had written in my notes that we had a half hour call and this person started talking. And for 27 minutes, they were talking about them. And at the end of the 27 minutes, they said, oh, I'm sorry. I kept talking about me. What about you? And, you know, and so <laughs> I, uh, we, I, we didn't do much uh, two years ago. So I got the guy on the line again. He started in the same approach. So clearly hadn't learned anything, although he was much more humble than I remember him being. And, uh -huh. and so first, he didn't remember that we spoke. Um, so I reminded him what day we spoke and, and, and stuff. And then and I stopped him about five minutes into it. And I said, can I tell you what it means to have a criminal uh, exchange of information? And that is one person shares all the time and the other person doesn't get to share. And two years ago, when we had a conversation, it was criminal. It was one of those things where you uh -huh. spoke for 27 minutes. I didn't learn anything, 
directly because you were just talking about you and I couldn't help you at all because you weren't interested in listening. Is that how it's going to go this time or can we fix it? That's, now, that's, that's, I'm, I'm loving this. Keep going, man. Keep going. Now, Adam, this is where it gets really interesting. I don't, the jury's not out. All right. I, we had a good rest of conversation. I can't tell you, you know, it was a nice two-way conversation. There was some value there. I can't tell you whether or not that was the point where he would wake up and life would change or whether or not he'd forget it, you know, like 10 minutes after we spoke and went back to his old ways because I have not heard any follow through since. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what I could say is if I'm going to be living who I am, and and my goal in life is to allow more people in the planet. I want to literally tip the scale. It's billions of people. Tip the scale between credible and dubious. I need to act in a way that makes me feel like I'm adding value. Now, for somebody like that, I it'd be hard for him to get the next time on my calendar unless he shows up in a much more credible way. And, yeah. you know, the so does it, to answer your question, does it bother me? Ah, <laughs> let's do a different story. I actually had oftentimes when I feel like somebody's just going to sell me and I say yes to talking for a half hour, just, you know, half hour, it's so easy to get to, to, to really have a beautiful exchange with somebody in a half hour. It's so amazingly easy to do. All you have to do is listen, listen and ask good questions. So, so I, I had a guy who booked time on my calendar, his LinkedIn profile was all about him and selling. And, and I said, hey, because by the way, I wasn't sure in the exchange of us connecting, I wasn't sure what he wanted other than to sell me. And so well, I asked an open-ended question, uh, whatever his name is. I said, so if, if this conversation went really well, what would you like to get out of it? Right now, uh-huh. that's a very interesting open-ended question. I, I, I'm a big fan of knowing if I know where somebody wants to go, I can help them get there. His response was something that completely changed the tenor of the conversation. He goes, I want you to learn about me so you could buy my stuff. And that conversation did not go at all in the way that he wanted it to go. Yeah. Right. I'm like, I said, really? Does that really work? <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, I mean, I've uh I've done my best work when it comes to playing the long game. Uh I mean, I because I you know, my stuff tends to be higher ticket and uh, glaciers move slower than pebbles, as I like to say. Now I have um a, a story that goes back to networking, and one of the things about being podcast host, and this is something I take very seriously, is is my responsibility to be the voice of my audience. And what I mean by that is in order for you to have your finest hour, you have to have an hour that wasn't so fine, which means you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have a bad day. You're going to commit a social faux pas. Things like that are going to happen. Now, because we live in an environment that criticizes, condemns, and boxes people in so they don't get the growth from that, they often don't express it, which means they don't get to learn the lessons and they don't get to advance as communicators, as members of society. So I'll, I'll sometimes share my own dirt so that people can say, oh, wait, yeah, 
uh, I've been there too. He gets me. And then that enables them to, without necessarily having to come clean with their own story, be able to still experience that growth process, that opportunity to become even better at what they do and who they are, simply because now they're in a space where they know that's accepted, they know that's welcome. So I wanted to frame that first. So a few years ago, I went to uh, I went to an event here in Las Vegas. It was a two-day event. And the night before day one, they had this networking function. It was in one of the major hotels in the Strip, and it was up on like the 55th floor or something like that. I can't remember exactly. And so the, the, the people that I knew, I'm, I'm, I'm so introverted that they had to make a new category for me. So for me to walk into a space like that, I got to have somebody, at least as my home base, until I get acclimated to the, to the environment. And uh, at the last minute, the person I was supposed to meet there bailed. So now I'm in there in a room full of strangers. And uh, I was getting frustrated really quick. My energy was way off. And, you know, and then the latest person taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, what do you do? I don't know this person from Adam. And at this point, I was just ready to get out of there. And I said, does it really fucking matter what I do? (laughs) <laughs> and uh and i and I, and, and, and for a moment i thought oh damn what did i just say and he said you know and the guy said you know that is a really interesting observation and then we ended up having a conversation about the importance of learning about other people and then very quickly um he and I and uh, somebody else who joined the conversation decided we didn't really want to be in that uh, in that noisy cluster. And we went down to uh, one of the restaurants and uh, ended up uh, just hanging out in a quiet place. And I made two new friends. Nice. So, just, so, but and what that and what that showed me was a very important lesson that, and I discovered had similar discoveries, but this really, this really dialed it in for me to to where I could articulate and I could really understand it going forward in life. That when it comes to those trite questions like, hey, what do you do? Or what kind of consulting do you do or what have you? It doesn't really matter what you do until you know how you can be of service to the other person and demonstrate how what you do can benefit them. So before I talk about myself, I want you to speak about you, Mitchell, and let me know. And then I can figure out how I can be a benefit to you in your world. Right back. Yeah. Agreed. Right back at you. By the way, yeah. it was kind of fun when you said, I didn't know him from Adam. Yeah. I'm thinking, every- Adam, do you realize that you're playing a pun on your own name? Okay. Oh, oh, oh every time I meet an Adam, I say, it's great. To, it's great to meet somebody I, that I don't on a first name basis. That's funny. Hey, so what's interesting is so far in this conversation, there are 10 elements of credibility, Adam. Uh-huh. And so far in this conversation, you talked about vulnerability and the importance of being vulnerable. Agreed. Um, we talked together about coachability and whether or not, it, as far as our con- conversation goes, whether or not credibility or coachability is something people do. Um, we talked about being a servant leader. How can you be of service to others and having yeah. the intent and commitment to do the right thing? Now, one of the things that were implied, uh, and we did talk about, by the way, we did talk about sharing the stage. I call that cred crud. Yep. Um, implied was respect. Yeah, respect to me, in terms of credibility, is coming early, coming prepared, coming with your heart. 
So you kind of joke that you weren't prepared for the podcast, but that's actually not true. Oh, I was actually very, I was actually very prepared. Um, exactly. See, yeah. You, see, it's, yeah, yeah. And here's, here's another thing. I've been doing this for so long. I've done so many episodes. I host two separate podcasts and I do it with such frequency that not only can I be prepared on about 30 seconds notice, but if I'm having somebody dial in who I've never connected with before, see you and I had the benefit. You and I have connected before you've been on my show before, but for somebody who's new and a lot of my guests are new, it's to the point where I know within the first 10 seconds of interaction in the pre-recording green room, how the interview is going to go. Cool. Just by, just by the way they comport themselves within that first few seconds. And, um, you know, going back to, um, that that joke I I told you, and I know what you're referencing, is uh, whenever somebody dials in for either one of my podcasts, I say, you know, Mitchell, I'm really looking forward to speaking with you, and if you give me a moment, I'll be able to tell you why. That's an old podcast's joke, by the way, and then we have a good laugh. So what happens is, is when somebody requests to be on my podcast, they fill out an application like your agent did for you, and I look at it. And then I pick the ones I want to have on my show and I notify my producer. Then she reaches out to whoever contacted us and gets it scheduled. I don't touch it again until the person dials in. But I have at my fingertips all the data they provided in advance. It's not a, it's not a complicated form, but it is a little bit comprehensive and it gives me everything I need. So on a quick scan, I can find where your brilliance and your passion is and I can spotlight that. So what happened is, I was actually just finishing up a live stream in my own Facebook group and uh, switching my scenes so I could be over here for this because I moved to a different part of the apartment. I unplugged the camera because this is audio. I like the I like to be able to just sort of stare at the sky while I do these things. And sometimes I'll do the raise the roof gesture when I get real excited, which doesn't look really good on camera. And uh, and uh, and um, and so I just needed those few seconds while you and I were doing introductory chatter to pull up the app again, scan it, and you heard me say, oh, yes, how to be a credible thought leader and entrepreneur. And you may have heard my excitement rising as I reconnected to what made me interested in having you here in the first place. So when I saw it the first time a few weeks ago, it was embedded with me and it remained latent and reconnecting with you and seeing the application data brought it back up. So you saw in 10 seconds, I was totally tuned in, ready to go. Nice. Nice. That's something that I, and I tell people this, it candidly comes with experience. You just have to, you just have to have stick to You got to stick with it and you got to get good at it on your own terms. Agreed. And it, there's nothing, it's such a great tool to run your own podcast and to feature other people. Because you're being a servant leader to start off with, and you're providing an opportunity to get to know somebody a little bit better and to help them. And as you're helping them, they're going to go back and say, well, how can I help you? And, and hey, that's the, the start of a good relationship. Well, and this is something I teach in the podcast reach system, and it's part, and, it's part and parcel of our overall reach system, is that uh, if you want to slide into somebody's DMs cold, you want to cold DM somebody right after you get a friend request acceptance, there's an easy way to do it. Hey, Mitchell, great to connect with you. I'm looking for guests on my podcast. Would you be interested? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all about you. It's all about me being of service to you because my very first pithy 
reach out to you is to offer you platform. Yeah. So I get a lot of, yes, where do I sign? Or, yeah, well, maybe tell me more. I don't get a lot of no's and I don't get ignored very often. Pretty cool. Another way is another way is if you've been sort of lurking and maybe starting to graze a little bit and you see somebody uh, made a really, really profound post, you can go into their DMs with a very similar thing. You can say, hey, loved your post. This is something that I'd love to talk about on my podcast. When can we have you on? I get a lot of yeses off that too. I love that. What a great idea. Yeah. So I, I don't have to do copy pasta. I don't have to do me, 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 me. I don't have to say, hey, you want to hop on a Zoom real quick? You want to have some virtual coffee? Like, I don't know what the hell virtual coffee is, really. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I can do a little <laughs> caffeine myself at the moment. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, if I, yeah, if I, if I, want, if I want caffeine, I got my home-brewed iced tea sitting right inside waiting for me. I'm going to have myself a nice tall glass in about eight minutes here. So <laughs> I've already, and I've gone through one while you and I were, have been sitting here. So. We do have about six or seven minutes, actually, which is why I mentioned the eight minutes. And one more thing that, and I think this might be a way to sort of either recap or really put a fine point on everything we've covered today is, I think, the one of the primary points that uh, we still wanted to cover, and I think we've gotten them all, just not in the order that your agent gave them to me, is, you know, you say that we're taught wrong to lead with the value proposition. And why is that? You know, it's so funny. We we're taught to lead with the 30 second elevator pitch or to uh-huh. lead with a value proposition. And they and I'm not saying throw those out. What I am saying though is they both have an inherent flaw. And the flaw that they both have is they both incorporate the word I or we. So when you uh-huh. first meet and interact with somebody, if the first words out of your mouth, if somebody says, who are you? What do you do? They don't really care. As uh-huh. you said, it doesn't matter. They don't really care about what you do. What they care about is what you could do for them. And so it's if you start with, I'm really good at what I do and I can help you do the following, that sounds salesy. If on the other hand, and this is where the construct of a CPOP is, if on the other hand, you can articulate the playground you play in, so in essence, who do you serve and what pain point you actually address or what pleasure point you deliver? And so for me, mine is six words. Who I am and how I show up is six words. If you look at me in social media, you should see that reinforced everywhere. Who do I serve? Businesses. And so what do I do? It's it's my CPOP, businesses increasing ROI with operational credibility. Yep, I've seen that phrase. And, and so what happens, Adam, is you go, if, if there's interest enough, you then say the question, Mitchell, I don't think I've heard operational credibility before. What do you mean? Now I have a minute to share with you what I do and how I can help. Right? But it's, yeah. the, it's that playground that I play in. And then what's, what's interesting, Adam, is, is I've, I've found and continue to deploy ways. So we have a CPOP course. And so for people who join Credibility Nation, it's part of the course. We also, we also, or it's part of Credibility Nation is being able to take the course. And the course is an hour. It's an, imagine in an hour taking a uh, asynchronous course that will allow you to change the rest of your life by focusing on 
on essentially that playground you play in. And then we've got something called the Ultimate Credibility Bootcamp. And that is once you know what your CPOP is, you want to be able to show up in a room, whether it's physically in a room or, or virtually in a room. So Zoom uh-huh. or Skype, you want to be able to show up in a room and just show up credibly. And you also want to be able to show up where you reinforce that credibility. And so that's what the boot camp is. We spend an entire day helping people show up credibly in a room and the second day helping them show up asynchronously. Help them show up when they're not in the room, reinforcing their credibility. Yeah, I and that's all extremely profound. Uh, when I first joined the Rotary, uh, we have badges uh, for when we have our luncheons and such. Now, when I first joined, uh, I put they, they they have you put on the name badge, not the name of your company, your title, but the industry you're in. So when I had first had my badge na- made, I put consulting. So that led to a lot of people coming up to me saying. Oh, so uh, Alan uh, or Alex, I, I mean, Adam, uh, what kind of consulting do you do? And what's immediately going through my mind? Does it really fucking matter? <laughs> <laughs> and so now I have to go through the labor and I could say get to, but it really feels like have to of turning that conversation around, getting them to open about themselves nine times out of 10 just to find out that they're basically on autopilot because that's how they were taught to network. And that's how a lot of people are taught to network. So I don't hold it against them. Now, about a month into it, I became a published author TM uh, when I created my book, Groundhog Days, an event, not a business strategy. So I paid the $17 to have the badge remade. And now it says author speaker. So now I get those same people that'll come up to me They'll say, author, so what's your book about? Well, I'll tell you about my baby all day long. Hmm. So sometimes it's a matter of, and I think this is one of the themes we've come up, is just how we use words and frames to reposition the conversation to take more of a servant approach to it than a promotional approach to it. I'm not sure how to answer that because you 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 said everything I needed to say. Well, I'm 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 happy to be of service. Yeah, no, nicely <laughs> done. I you know yeah. I I think the cool part is if you're networking is providing an opportunity where somebody asks a question. You know when when uh, I'm always excited when when if I'll say something like, "Hey, I did a a TEDx that has a half million views." Yeah, um, or. You know, I, I I spent a year actually getting my PhD in the school of hard knocks by interviewing 500 thought leaders, you know, and then there's so many questions can come from that. But personally, Adam, the most important thing I do is how could, if, if I'm talking to them, how can I make this a better day for you? You'll notice the first thing I asked you when you said, are you ready? Or second or third thing I said, well, Adam, what would be a good, what would be a good outcome of us having a conversation together, what would be, what would you want to make sure we get accomplished? Yeah. And your response is, well, let's just have a good conversation. I'm like, perfect. Love that. Right. Um, and, and when I'm with somebody, I'm always thinking about how do I serve? How can I connect them with somebody else that would be a value to them? Or if it's me, um, I'd like to do it, but I don't actually say, oh, I could solve your problem. Let me sell you something. I'm, 
I want to truly listen to see if if we're a good fit, and then I'll ask permission. But if if it's if it's something, the best thing I could do is is give somebody something that that would be of value to them that they want to ask for more. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I, and I think that that's a great way for us to wrap up here because we are just about out of time. Now you have an invitation for our audience and I'm going to share that right now. And this is really cool. It's a micro learning gift. So basically for our listeners, Mitchell Levy is offering you five valuable micro learning lessons that he's created for members of Credibility Nation. They're real short, two to four minutes. And they discuss the tips, tricks, and challenges that will help you be more credible. So look in your show notes for the link, but I'm going to say it out loud twice so that you have it if you're not in a place where you can go to, to a web browser right now. It's aha, A-H-A, aha.pub, pub, aha.pub, forward slash microlearning hyphen gift. So now let me say it all at once, aha.pub forward slash microlearning hyphen gift. Go get that now and prepare to watch it as soon as we wrap up here in just a minute. It's going to be fantastic. And with that, Mitchell Levy, um, I also would like to just encourage everybody to visit your website, which is MitchellLevy.com and to connect with you on social media. But with that, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me in education. <laughs> well, I do know Adam now. No, I knew Adam before, and and uh, this was great. I I, uh, I remembered how much, as we were talking, how much I enjoyed our last conversation and this one, and we really should try not to be strangers and not talk to each other again for another three, four years. So let's, let's fix that. Absolutely. Nice talking with you. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.